Welcome to the Inside the Junior Rain podcast. I'm your host, Ben Frank, and each and every week we give you an inside look on what goes on behind the scenes of a USA Hockey model association, the Junior Rain. We believe in learning, we believe in age-appropriate, long-term athletic development, and we believe we have the responsibility to harness the power of youth sports to create better athletes, better people, closer families, and a better world. Thank you for joining us, and together we can make youth hockey a life-changing experience. Okay, we are live. Welcome everyone to Inside the Junior Rain episode number eight. Uh, As always, my name is Ben Frank. I am your club president, and with me I have our chief of hockey operations, Paul Esdale. Hey, Paul. Hey, Ben. Good. How are you doing today? Good, good. So uh, before we get into today's topic... As always, if you are watching us live or via the replay, we really appreciate your interaction. Give us a thumbs up. Uh, hey, how you doing? In the comments, let us know you're watching. Give us a like. And of course, if you like what you hear, we'd love uh, when you share it with your, your communities and spread our message. Um, our topics each week include an inside look on what goes into making the junior reign the junior reign and on fulfilling our mission of changing lives through sport with all of you along for the ride. And um, today we're going to be talking about tracking practice. Uh, and put in the, uh, the heading there for today's show, what we, what, we measure, what we measure we can manage and what we measure we can improve. And so I'm gonna turn it over to Paul here to uh, talk a little bit about how we track practice and a special challenge that we have for you guys to help us do this uh, over the next couple weeks here. Great, Ben. Thanks. Yeah, so everyone, uh, we've talked a little bit about the tracking and, and USA Hockey developed what's called the Activity Tracker, and that can be found on their website. Um, you can print out a PDF, a hard copy. Um, they also have it on their mobile app and on the USA Hockey Coaching mobile app, and you can uh, download that, and then you can go to the Activity Tracker, and I just pulled it up here on my phone. I'm going to bring this yeah. close to the camera Make sure we're if we can see it. Um, so you can see there's a bunch of different categories there. That so basically how and I want to go over really the details on how you use it, um, and then we're gonna talk about how we're gonna use it. Brother joined us there. Just gonna see. Yeah. Um, so what you do is you anyone can use it, uh, coach, um, parent, player, anyone. So what you do is you pick a certain. So for if you're a parent, you would track your own player uh, usually. So you can pick them, and then you would uh, follow along the whole practice and and use the app to track the actual. Um, actions of what your player is doing for the whole uh, entire practice. You can also do it for games, and you can see the differences in the practice and the games. And so the, the categories are very simple. There's a stop. They're all there's stopwatches for so total time on ice. Um, so for practices, usually roughly 60 minutes. Um, explanations. So what that is is that's how much uh, the coach is stopping and talking to the group. Um, time skating, self-explanatory. How much the, your player is moving. Puck handling. So how much your player has a, uh, a puck on a stick. Um, and then obviously time skating and puck handling. You can be skating with the puck so that those clocks should be both running uh, unless uh, until something stops. And then there's number of passes. There's number of passes received. There's number of shots. And there's feedback. So that's coaches' feedback. That's direct feedback. Hey, Ben, get down lower. Roll your wrist over. That's direct feedback on the ice. And you have to obviously watch the coaches and what they're doing and, and be aware of that. And so these are some of the categories um, that USA Hockey's put together in this activity tracker that um, we use to obviously improve our, our practices and help our coaches 
make sure we develop and make sure we develop our curriculum, make sure we develop our players better. So let's just circle back here, Paul. So again, sure. so again, we're, we're talking about we've had a few episodes in a row on our practices and how important practices are, what we do in the practices, why that relates to our curriculum, how we want to try to get the most out, the most out of our practices because we only have a certain amount of time each week. We obviously want to do the best job we can with the kids. We want to get the most out of it. The activity tracker from USA Hockey, it's, a, it's an awesome tool. It's been around for a few years. A lot of people don't even really know it's out there or use it very much. I know there's not a lot of clubs that we know of that, that use it really uh, consistently. And for us, it was a big tool in making the transition we made from uh, association what we were to a model association and really to help make tangible what's happening. Because it's, it's, it's hard to just know how effective a practice is without some way to measure to measure it so a really a tool that's even especially within our own practice even if to know if one practice was a little bit better than, than another uh and certain types of drills did something that were more effective than others so really to make that tangible to see numbers on a page you, and then be able to evaluate that so we did we used this paul did this uh, for uh, for a number of our coaches when we were first transitioning and trying to become uh, better organized how we did practice across all age groups and really was a great tool. And then we were able to use it after we changed, became a law association, actually at a presentation um, at USA Congress showing the difference of what our practices were from what they were tracked before to what they were after we became a model club and, 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 and the percentage of increase of development over the course of a whole year with using the style of practice. So actually show other club presidents like the results they can have in their club when they, when they change to different type of practices and then how to actually measure measure that going forward to see how effective it is. So it's a tool that, like you said, it's, it's free. It's on the website. It's on the mobile coach app. It's not just something that we can use because we'll, we'll continue to use it as a club to improve, but it's something we want the parents to use. I don't, maybe it's not, a lot of clubs don't want you evaluating their <laughs> practices, but we our, our mission is together. We can make youth, uh, youth sports life-changing experience. I don't run a perfect practice. Paul didn't run a perfect practice. We certainly do the best we possibly can and study constantly to make sure we do it, but we always want to improve as a whole as a whole club. So, you know, this challenge that Paul mentioned, like inviting the parents and people to, you, you just have to watch your own kid, really, uh, and to actually measure the practice and give us some feedback. And we'll, we, of course, do that on our own with our coaches as well. And you can use it in games, like you said, a lot of people don't realize that. You can use it at your daughter's or son's soccer practice, maybe even as well. Um, maybe Paul just just add to that a, a little bit. Yeah, well, a couple of things. We, we I would like to invite all parents to track practices of their son or daughter over the next two weeks and email them to me. Uh, email me the PDF or a screenshot at paul at juniorrain.com. So we'd love to get some statistical feedback on our practices, whether it's in Carlsbad or Riverside or even Paramount, uh, all the different age groups, and all the numbers should look different for certain age right. groups. And like we talked about. Um, there's room obviously for growth and improvement in what we do and that's why we want the feedback so two weeks um, track as many as your player as you can and then at the end of the at the end of the month we'll we'll select one lucky uh, winner for a, a little gift um, for submitting into the into the contest um, so it's a, it's a great thing and, and some of the like we talked about some of the activity tracker it's not a perfect tool either right there's I, I actually got to present at NARS uh, the North American Rink uh, Conference, Conference and Expo a couple years ago with USA Hockey, just a few minutes about how we use activity trackers. And there was some discussion there with some of the USA Hockey guys that I brought up, uh, that we brought up, that it's missing a couple things. I think there's, there's a category of decision-making that's not in there. Um, that's a little bit harder to measure. And then also about battling, you know, won battles, lost battles, that kind of thing. Um, so some of those things are a little bit harder to measure. 
but really important too. So this is just kind of a start and a basis that we like to use and, and it's really great for tracking uh, obviously the activity and, and you know as we know especially at the younger ages the more activity the more movement the more learning they're doing so that's really important. So what it'll allow you to do it'll allow you so you have an hour practice for example it'll allow you to actually measure your so your son or your daughter how many minutes of that 60 minutes did my child spend skating how many minutes of the whole practice that they spend with the puck on their stick how many passes they made how many shots have they taken how much interaction with the coach did they have and uh, pretty cool to actually measure that and then like I said I recommend do it in a game as well and see maybe how the practice compares to a game um, do it different types of practices a lot of our like uh, all, all of our age groups they might have a different type of practice midweek yeah. And a different one on uh, towards the end of the weekend or Tuesday to, to a Thursday. See how those compare. Um, and then, like Paul mentioned, so a couple I think key things. Number one is um, take it really the easiest way is to do the mobile coach, USA Hockey mobile coach on your phone app, and then the tracker there because you can just do it automatically from your phone. Uh, run the clock. We used to, have to do paper and pencil. Yeah. That was a lot harder. Yeah. Um, this is pretty easy, and then you could just take a screenshot and, and email, email it to to yourself and copy, you know, and, and copy Paul, Paul Junior Rain, so we can see. Um, and then um, just maybe Paul speak to some of the differences because obviously we're we're going to have different numbers mm -hmm. with an eight U practice than with a sixteen U practice, for example. Yeah. So if, you, if and we've talked a little bit about this before in some of the shows, uh, especially at the younger ages, right? The 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 focus, especially on the eight and under, ten under, is a high activity rate. So all of the total ice time, we're looking for amount of skating anywhere between 45, 50, 55 minutes, especially at the eight and unders. We're looking to hit that fifty minute mark. And uh, we've, we've talked to USA Hockey and compared those numbers with other clubs, and, and the, they were very impressed with that. So that, that was always a good goal of myself and our club to stay up in that 50-minute mark of 8 and under. And that's really how that's how that, you know, if you think about it, um, you watch another type of practice. Um, I, I actually, I want to challenge people too for one more thing. Part of the challenge okay. is to submit an anonymous other club or other program tracking. So you don't have to put the name of the club or name of the uh, the program, but I'd love to get some other stats on it because I've done it and seen the difference. Uh, you walk in any local rink before when your son or daughter's games, track a whole practice, pick a, pick a player, and you'll see what I've seen a lot is there's a lot of standing around. And certain age groups, there's room for standing and there's room for teaching. And what we talk about standing is that is that rest period, right? And that's as we get in the older ages, you know, activity for an 18, 16 under is not going to be 50, 55 minutes of skating, right? Their bodies aren't built, their physical capacities, their energy systems aren't built that way. There's more work to rest ratios we talked about before. So they're going to need more rest, so there's more recovery, and there are shorter, more intense bursts of play, more games simulated. So it's more like a shift of 30, 40 seconds, and then they get the rest of, a, you know, two to three, you know, maybe two to three minutes. So it's more almost simulating the game environment. Um, obviously there's different drills and they, you can move that around, spread it around where you want to hit lots of repetitions with certain skill. Um, but at those younger ages, you know, if usually if kids are standing around eight and under, 10 and under, um, those are where we see some of the problems and that's where we get in some, um, some of the insufficient, insufficient skill development. Yeah. So just a few things to add to that. We talked, we talked before a lot about the windows of trainability, right? So the eight and under levels is those young levels and it slowly changes as they get older. They don't. They don't deplete their glycogen stores, right? So they, yeah, there's a skill book. We'll talk a little bit about that. They don't. They don't de deplete their glycogen stores. They don't need re the recovery time. We actually want to get them to be moving 
close to 100% is the entire time because kids learn by doing. We talked about this before. Kids learn by doing, not by being told, whatever, by feeling kinesthetically and everything. So you want them in motion the entire time and learning, getting as much repetition and as much activity as possible. The 8U level, that's not going to do their bodies any harm for them to be going almost the whole 60 minutes. Um, at the older levels, kids learn by doing, but they can also start to learn by watching, by being talking to a coach, and they also need to rest. So they go more intensely, they, they, they deplete their glycogen stores, and it gets to a certain point where they, they can't sprint the entire time. They need to recover, and they can sprint again. So we actually want them to be resting some more, especially if it's hard, like, they can maybe do, pat, do some passing drills and things for longer, some stationary rep stuff, but we want them to be sprinting hard, resting, and then sprinting hard again versus going half speed the entire time. So those numbers are gonna look completely different than an eight and under practice. And they can also cognitively do more stuff while that, they're resting. That, that's the big one, right? Once they start to hit 12 and under 14, 16, 18, it's the cognitive and the perceptual skills they start to be able to understand and dissect things and understand why they're doing it. And that decision-making process starts to come in and that's why they, they speak specifically at a it's critical at the 12, under, 12 and under and up is those smaller smaller games are really critical for kids development because that's the decision making that's the hockey sense that's the type of when those skills are the body's open for that the brain it's, it's the brain yeah. is ready for that right and and that's important that we don't miss those and at the younger ages it's still not quite ready cognitively ready yet for that but that's why the doing, the activity is so important at those younger ages. So at those ages, so versus with maybe a 12 or 14 under practice, uh, a kid who's watching a smaller game before their shift comes in, they might start to see some tendencies about, you know, where the puck rims around or how to the, the, their team's attacking. Or for example, off of a certain, when you put a more complex rule and you have to take it behind their net, they start there watching, they're trying to figure that out. Um, versus an eight under practice, where we actually want them just going through that competition yeah. over and over and over again. And they're learning from, okay, I lost the puck there, or I didn't get there fast enough, naturally, without thinking about it, just naturally learning kind of kinest kinesthetically. And, and then we, and myself, and I think all our, co over coaching time, you, we make those mistakes where, you know, you have an eight and under group, say eight, ten kids, and you spend five minutes on trying to explain this drill and how yeah. to do it. And then, or even a 10, 10 and under, even, you yeah. know, sometimes 12 and under, and then you say, everyone's get it, and no one has a clue of what you're doing. You spend, what do you mean? I spent five minutes talking about yeah. it, right? Because we're, we're, it's not the right age for that. Yeah. And so that's important, and I, 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 it's great when I get to run 12 and under practice too, doing a smaller game, and I've had several kids say, oh, I get it now. Yeah. And, and, and they were watching the smaller game when I was telling them, Hey, this is how you do it. Odd man rush game. Go here, and and everyone learns differently, right? And there's some of the 1200 kids like, well, I don't, I don't get it. I draw it out. I don't get it. And then they saw their uh, teammates do it, and they, go, oh, I get it. I get it. And that's really that's those, those light bulb moments, and those are exciting things as a coach and a, as a director. Is you see the you actually can see kids learning, yeah. and I think that's a real neat thing. And at the under eight, eight and under, ten and under, it's about activity. It's about that skill development. It's about the doing. It's go 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 go. Um, you know, sometimes at the 10 you bring it back a little bit and then go, go, go a little bit more. So it's that continuous uh, feel of as they grow in their bodies and their brain, things change, things are going to look different. And that's why we talked about, you know, that NHL practice, that college practice looks different than an 18-under practice and an 8-under eight, eight practice. It should all look different. The tracking, the numbers should look different. The resting, 
how you're teaching, how you're coaching the kids should be different, how you, uh, how you hold them accountable, how you, everything should be different at each age group, right? right. Yeah, all in the right mindset of develop them into their fullest potential. Now, just so just to clarify again, so, the, so Paul's put out an extra challenge. So as a lot of you guys may have seen Joyce already put out a challenge, a social media challenge. We have a lot of people commenting and liking and following our, us on Facebook and Instagram to win weekly prizes. She's going to be announcing the first one actually right after the show today. So we have the first winner for that contest right after the show. So we have an extra special bonus <laughs> prize that Paul... Paul's Sorry. throwing out some more prizes here, uh, so we better get stock up on some stuff. But uh, this uh, an extra prize for uh, a draw of people that submit the track practices. So again, over the next two weeks, track your 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 son or daughter's practice. Send a send call an email with the screenshot or the PDF that you can uh, export, and then we'll select from there. We'll talk more about about it then too. Now, I do want to say we we talked about how the age groups are different. We're definitely we're not going to necessarily see 55 minutes of activity at a 16U practice or even a 14U practice. Um, but we have seen, we've, we've tracked other older practices before. We still want an activity, an activity level. We've seen some pretty poor, uh, efficient, older level practices as well. Uh, yeah, well, I think, I think and at all different age groups, we've, we see bad practices around, around the hockey world, right, the hockey community. And that's really what it's about is that, well, you know, why, why are we talking about this? Well, we want, hockey players to have a better experience and get better not just in our program but other programs too like if, if you know the ducks down the street or someone else want to use the activity tracker make their practices better great um, we're not hiding this right USA Hockey's not hiding this that the whole mission of USA Hockey and and the rain is to make sure you know we develop good people and good hockey players and then that declaration of principles with NHL it's all together we're a hockey community and um, we want things to be better so yeah the, the older age groups um, those, those are those are times where they start to understand what you know what they're doing and why they're doing it. So they can work. So if they're working on a specific skill or habit, they can really understand why they're doing it and really buy into. Hey, if I want to be a better player, I'm going to do this and I'm going to repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, and master that skill. Um, and that that's that's critical that they improve on those skill sets, right? And then some of the team play concepts come into play, and obviously. With that is decision making, understanding different situations, concepts, and those are all like a lot of that stuff is done with smaller games, and a lot of stuff is that done with through different types of gameplay. And I think that's somewhere sometimes when we talk about skill development, we just think drill, 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 and there's two sides that we talked about a lot last time was about the read, plan, and do, or a couple weeks ago was about the read, plan, and do. That's the skill is understanding that the do part is important, but so is the read and plan. And if we don't train guys in small area games and game situations, um, they're not going to develop those skills they can, uh, you know, do during a game. So those are there. There's a couple sides of skill development, and I think it's important that we develop all of those skill sets as a whole player. And that's why practices throughout a week are going to look different. They're covering different things, and that's why the numbers and activities is going to look different as well. And so one of the things I think even just uh, even at the older levels, even with those runners rest periods and things like that. What we've seen before is, is too much time on explanations, right? So whereas where the older levels, ideally what we're looking for, maybe it's, it's, it may be half or even less of the activity rate of, a, of an 8U practice. So maybe instead of 15 minutes, it's 30, 20, it depends on what they're working on again. But what we, what we, but ideally it's, it's because they're, they're going in some kind of shift, shift format and things like that. So they're going and resting, they're going and resting. What we don't want to see 
is 30 minutes, 40 minutes of explanation time, right? Where a coach is explaining the drill for at the board for, for, for 10 minutes at a time um, beforehand. So those are some key areas for us to be able to evaluate even and, and see the difference in those older and younger practices. Yeah, I think we've learned that that ice utilization is really critical, right? And if you see, you know, walk in a rink and, and nobody's moving on the ice, yeah, probably a bad practice. And that's like, the, you know, the, the, the famous, the funny line is that, you know, you're basically just burning money, right? Because you're wasting time. Ice is a commodity. It's hard to come by. And the, the something has to be going on, some kind of learning. If you think about it like a classroom, and if everyone is just sitting in their desks with their head down, uh, probably not learning much, right? So if you walk into a hockey rink and nobody's moving and nothing is happening, um, that's not a good sign. Yeah, for any kind of extended period of time. Right. Yeah, it, it, and maybe there's some transition from drill to drill, whatever. Yeah. But there's got to be some something happening for for us to you know develop and learn. And I think that's important that we we understand that. And the other thing we've we we still need to do a better job of, I think, and we've learned that as I've learned as being part of the youth hockey, is that competition creates energy. And sometimes you run a practice and you'll feel like uh, I've I, you know I've walked into different other programs rink and the rink is completely dead. And there's no energy. Uh, it's really low. There's 12, 15 kids on the ice on a full sheet uh, for a peewee something practice. And uh, it may look somewhat organized sometimes, but then there's a lot of downtime. There's no energy. There's no engagement. Um, and then uh, on the flip side, you put on 30, 40 kids on the ice. And there's a high activity. There's a high amount of chaos. And within that, creating competition. I think that's what makes really good drills is, you know, we talked about, you know, um, skating, thinking, competing, puck skills, and I think those decision makings and those competitions, especially as we get older in the 10, 12U and, and up, is really important. And I, I read a, a great book by uh, Pete Carroll. Um, he talks about that, the competition cauldron. So he creates these, with the Seattle Seahawks, uh, he creates these, all these environments where people are competing all the time, right? So teammates are competing against each other, making people better. And it creates this energy and excitement, and it obviously helps with the moment. Maybe we just want to welcome a couple of our viewers. We had Robert, Robert uh, joined us earlier, Burger, Joyce, okay. and Tom Eisenman. Thank you for your comment. I think he's taking a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek. He says, Ben Frank is the best. I think he's just kind of giving, <laughs> giving you a bit of a hard time. But thanks for watching, guys. Um, Paul, why don't, so just one, one people are doing this. We talked a lot about tracking the practice uh, and, and how to do it and where to, where to download the, the, the thing and what we're looking for and the challenges, special bonus we're offering. We talked about the differences at the age groups and how really, if, if you're interested in understanding those differences or why that's what we talked about, it comes back to the windows of trainability that are defined by USA Hockey and, and USOC from, uh, from Sports Science and this book that you have, you're holding right here, the, the, the skill book from USA Hockey, skill progression for youth hockey from USA Hockey. Um, we, we, Paul's given probably a thousand of these or so out in the last year or two. Um, we have these, uh, uh, USA Hockey sends these to us at, at no charge for our families. So if you're interested in understanding some of that stuff further, we, part of this, this challenge we have today and the reason we're, we're talking about this track, we want you and the parents and the kids and everyone engaged with what we're doing so we can be the best at what we do and we can all understand and be on the same page and we're open to getting better and to, to learning about our, our own you know our own things we want you to understand what we're trying to do what we're working on and help us become become better so that's why you know sharing the, the, the tracker is a great way for you to understand what's actually happening on the ice and to give us some feedback and then this these books that we give out that this is what we 
aim to accomplish in all of our practices and our training programs with our age groups. And it's all right there in black and white as far as what we want to achieve at each at each age group. And I'll show you the difference. That'll explain some of the differences that we're looking for in the, tra the activity track for the practice. Paul, do you want to explain it, a little bit? Yeah, about I just want to kind of go over a couple of the, the focus points. So, for example, at 8 and under, they talk about fun, engagement, active pra practices, and age-appropriate training. Um, and then then you flip all the way through to the 16 and 18 under, and, and the focus points, again, I just want to compare the two. So remember, fun, engagement, active practices, and age-appropriate, which we're AU. talking before. That's 8U. 16 and 18 under. Fun and engagement. Number one. Practice structure. Age-appropriate training. Skill development. Body contact. Body checking. And this one, we get into team play. They talk about training, and they talk about learning to compete. Right? So th those are, if you look at the overall development of a hockey player, when we're talking about, you know, from 6-year-old to 16-year-old to 18-year-old, you see the path there, and I think it's our job as administrators and, and coaches to really make sure we give the best experience for people, and that's why, like you said, we were using these tools um, to grow and improve our program, and that's why we want the feedback, and we want to make sure that we're hitting these things, and that's why the curriculum was born, and that's why uh, the curriculum will continue to evolve and really develop into something that um, covers everything all the time for every age group and it's repeatable and everyone's getting that same experience and exposed to the, the right um, development for those right windows of training building. Let's just show this book up sure. close again. So this is the book we're looking for. It has a youth player in the front, but it goes all the way up to 18 and under, scale progression for youth hockey. If you would like a copy, email Paul or your, your age, group, uh, age group leader or coach. Um, we can get you one. This really is our manual for what we come back to on the, and then we can go into you know further depth when we when we need to. But the overview kind of of every age group and what we're looking to achieve at each and and how we, each one feeds into the next. And then that tracker is a great way for us to actually design it based on the scientific principles. We 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 experiment and we make the best. We see the practices and make the best we can. And then we can measure. With those, with the tracker, and not so we can measure our, our, our on our own with the tracker. We can also engage other coaches and parents and groups as well to to measure the practices and and see and, and really be a part of it as well. And, and I, I like to remind people, and I try not to forget myself, oh. is that this this put out by USA Hockey is supported and funded by the National Hockey League. Mm -hmm. So the top league in the world, the best players go to that make millions of dollars believe in this, right? That believes that's how youth hockey should be. I think as a country, we're still a long ways away, obviously. Um, but we're, we're trying to do our part and develop our program. And then, uh, you know, any different speaking engagements around the country, we go to these different conferences. So we're, that's what we're trying to do is make sure that we, we give, the, give every kid the best chance to learn and succeed. And I think that's what it comes down to. And knowing that USA Hockey and the National Hockey League are behind it and, and supporting this and that's what we lean on to to guide the way for other youth uh, organizations and our kids and our families is, is an important thing and a fun thing that we get to do. So I just want to add that first of all, Paul, Jenny, Jenneke wants one of those books so you got to get her <laughs> okay. one. Uh, you got to get her one in practice here. Sure. Uh, we have some up here in the office and then just to add to what Paul mentioned, I actually just I just spent the weekend, I was with Ken Martell up in, up in uh, uh, Fremont area, NorCal talking to all the NorCal 8U uh, coaches about this type of thing. Ken did a presentation on active practices at 8U. You mentioned the NHL is behind this. So, so Ken and the other Yosaki staff that, we, that send us these books, they're, 
their salaries, their their positions and things are completely funded by the NHL. We talked about this before. The NHL pays $8 million a year, and it's probably only going up to USA Hockey to run, to, to run the ABM program. Because the NHL, even if you just look at selfishly from a business growth standpoint, they want more American-born players in the NHL, and they want more American uh more Americans to play hockey. Two big things, right? More Americans playing hockey, so they know that they need, they need to give people good experience so they fall in love with hockey for life. The more people play hockey, the more fans there's going to be. More Americans that play hockey at the highest levels. So we have Americans making the NHL teams. We have Team USA doing great in the Olympics and World Champs and these things, which brings uh, popularity to hockey in the United States, which again grows the game, grows, the game, grows, grows the NHL businesses. So they put money specifically because they believe in these principles because it believes that they will keep kids in the sport longer because it's going to be more fun and help them get better faster you the the, the better you get the more fun you have and also to help them the, us the united states to develop players at the highest the highest levels because uh based on the numbers in the, in the past based on the numbers of american born players we're behind of what we should have as top top end players and they're seeing the results already from the implementing the ABM program since uh, 2011. Yeah, and to clarify before we go, the ABM, American Development Model, doesn't mean eight and under might hockey. It is a blueprint for clubs, age-appropriate training to develop kids to their fullest potential based off of science. So it's age-appropriate training based off of science to give kids the full development to get, reach their genetic potential. So it doesn't mean eight and under hockey. It, it includes eight and under hockey, yeah. but it also includes 10 and under, 12 and under, 14 and under, 16 and under, 18 and under. So it's elite programming, and that's some of the misconception of what the ABM is. It's just these, oh, that's my hockey, and that's it, which is not true. It's elite programming at the highest levels to give the kids the best chance to succeed and develop into their goals. They use it with their highest levels, with Team USA, with the National Team Development Program, with the World Junior Teams. They use ABM programming at the highest levels of hockey in the United States. And just so you know, like where the the science is, it's only accelerating, right? The amount of science and research that goes into the ABM now in uh, the National Team Development Program uh, rink, they have players wearing accelerometers. They're measuring yeah. their energy levels in this type, type style of practices. They're measuring the acceleration and the the deceleration. These are things how it relates to concussions and all these things. And this is like high level sports science and research that's going into this program, being funded by the NHL, U.S. Olympic Committee, these types of things that are involved, uh, and pretty exciting stuff. For, I think you can tell we're passionate about it for us to be able to, tr to implement it all the way down and, and, and we want these our eight and under and ten and under players to be fed into that system of, of growth all the way up. Yeah, and, and I was just watching something uh, a couple days ago about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, a lot of people know that's one of my favorite teams. Uh, nothing against the Kings. I, I love the LA Kings too. Um, but Mike Sullivan, who was a, is a USA hockey guy, mm -hmm. head coach of the, the Penguins, um, I saw in one of their practices using the gate game, which yeah. is a USA hockey drill that we use here. I also was watching a recap of the Stanley Cup run they had a couple of years ago, and they were doing a small area game during the playoff run. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it just shows you that these are things from the, can be done at the highest level, and that's what we've seen with the NHL training camps. A lot of the three-on-three stuff that they're doing in the development camps, all the cross-site stuff they're now doing, is um, it, it, it's, it's becoming and now known as elite programming, and it's important for us to understand that the ADM is bigger than just eight and under hockey. It's for every age group, and it, it is, the, you know, it's the next step in hockey development, and it's elite programming. And this stuff has been around for years, but it's been kind of hit and miss, and now it's been packaged together to really guide people using, uh, you know, the progression book 
and um, the, the model to help uh, develop players. Great. Okay, so just to recap today, uh, we appreciate uh, the comments, uh, giving us a, a like and a, and a hello on the uh, on the feed here, so we know that whether again whether you're watching live or on the replay um, and sharing. Uh, we have our social media contest going right now, which includes all the different posts on our social media pages, following us on Facebook, following us on Instagram, and commenting and, li and, and, and liking, uh, liking posts. And then we have the extra special bonus <laughs> challenge from Paul today on uh, next, the next two weeks, submitting you know, tracked practices, a screenshot or a PDF, send them, send them email them over to Paul from any of our age groups or any of our teams in any locations uh, so we can get some additional uh, feedback. And then we're going to select a winner from uh, the, those submissions as well. If you, so we'll do it this way. If you submit five practices, you're going to get five entries into this contest. If you submit one, you'll still get, you'll still get one. So even if you can just do one or if you can do multiple, uh, we'd love to see those. And this goes even beyond this two weeks. If you want to continue to send us things in the future, we, uh, we'd love to see that. Uh, Paul, any uh, parting words before we wrap up today? No, I think that's great, Ben. We we and we wanted we we want people to do this because we want them to be engaged and involved in their their child's development, and we also want to improve as an organization. And we want to see the numbers. If it's a, if it's a bad day for a practice, bad numbers, we'll we'll digest it, we'll look at it, we'll learn from it, we'll improve from it. And I think that's what we're trying to do as an organization is improve and get better every day. And uh, we know there's always room for that. Awesome, great, thanks, Paul. And we will see everyone next uh, Monday at two p.m. Pacific. Great, thanks, guys.